there's a new member of the Final Four Club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. There's a spirit and the Texas Tech Red Raiders for the second time in three years are headed to the College World Series. Welker takes it at the 11. New routines pave the way. Welcome in, everybody, to the Talking Tech Podcast, powered by the Nation, part of the Nation Podcast Network. I am your host, Stephen Rodriguez, my co-host, Tristan McGonigal. Tristan, what is going on, brother? You didn't say it. You didn't say we're back, because we're back <laughs> for the third time within a month. You know, this is this is a Got it. This is a tough scene from the Talking Tech Podcast, man. The amount of times we're like, oh, it's a comeback, you know, whenever we're it's back. just... We're just very busy. We both run very important companies, and as as you can see, you know, sometimes the uh, the private world must take like, must take precedence over the microphone. I have an excuse. I was at the Super Bowl. All right, so I we have an excuse here. Okay. By the way, your Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes won another Super Bowl. Congratulations to the goat. And I, I just feel good because that means Texas Tech won another Super Bowl. That's yeah. how it works. And I'm very, I'm very happy for him, man. That's it's so awesome to see. I was there was never any doubt at any point in the game that they weren't going to win that game in my head. So that was awesome to see him rack up another one because I am booking it that he's going to be the next goat. All right, he's going to at least match Tom Brady when it's all said and done. I'm saying it wow. now. I know. Whenever, whenever we're doing episode uh, 2056 um, in the year of uh, 2040, whenever uh, you and I uh, have uh, Alzheimer's and can't remember anything, um, I will be saying that I see I was right this entire time. Well, at the rate we're releasing episodes, at episode 2056, we may be like 250 years old. So, uh, you know, no big deal. Uh, yes. Patrick Mahomes rules. We all understand. Arizona was crazy. Um, I, I wasn't at the game, but I was in the presence. I was at the Super Bowl parties. I was at tailgates. It was really fun. Does that count? Uh, it counts. You can say you were there. Uh, but the thing about Phoenix, like having the Super Bowl in Phoenix, they have everything so spread out. So it's like you're kind of at the Super Bowl, but you're also like a 45-minute drive from the stadium over there in Scottsdale, you have like Scottsdale, Phoenix, Glendale, and everything. And it was, I was at, I was at Shaq's Funhouse Friday night for the Super Bowl. Like Shaq, like, like DJ Diesel. Oh, okay, like yes. performed. You know, yes. local Lubbock legend mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, local um, DJ. And Snoop Dogg performed, and it was fantastic. Well, that's wow. This this turned into much more than I was aware of. It was great. I I I mean, I was there for work, but that night it was kind of work, and it was a ball. All right, well, stop making us all jealous. Let's let's drop the small talk. Let's get to it here. Let's uh, have some bad takes about Texas Tech sports. Let's get started. What, what, what are we beginning with here? Well, you mentioned the Super Bowl. We won another Super Bowl this past Monday That's night. That's true. Uh, back to against, back. Yeah, against Texas Longhorns. Texas Tech basketball, dare I say, is back? I would be very confident in saying that we're back. And I don't mean we're back in the UT sense. I think we're back in the uh, Texas Tech basketball sense, which I think everyone knows what that means. I think that's a precedent that's been set. Now, we got to we gotta kind of, you know, take it easy for a second. We're still 3-10 in conference. 
But why? Why you gotta mess with the vibes? But three straight wins against top fifteen teams at home. You have five games left in the Big Twelve season. You are, I believe, fourteen and twelve right now. It's gonna take a lot, okay, to get back into it. But you have a chance at this point in the season. And five games ago, we were not thinking that way. So this win's huge. I'm excited. Uh, This team is playing its best basketball that they have all year. And this is good. This is really good. You just beat your rival at home. It was a great atmosphere. The guys played great. I I mean, you got to be excited. UT just can't stop holding these L's in Lubbock. No. You know, it just it's like it's commonplace for them. Mm-hmm. Um, did that win in Baton Rouge wake us up? Did something happen over there? Did we eat just some really great gumbo that knocked somebody's hat off and we just decided to really turn things on? No, but there's something to that. There's like something to what you're saying because you Not know the gumbo. Well, the gumbo's fantastic. If you haven't been, come on down. We can show you a good gumbo spot. But no, you get that win under your belt. You get that monkey off your back, like what we mentioned a million times in the last episode. Um, so I you come back. No, we're not going to do the bit. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> you, you come back against a really good Iowa State team at home from the largest comeback, I think, in Texas Tech basketball history. Um, so you get some momentum. Yeah, you lost two away games at Baylor and then at Oklahoma State, but you come back and respond. You beat two straight top 15 teams in Kansas state and Texas at home. Um, and you're rolling, you're playing really well, which is something we've been inconsistent, but now you're finally seeing a little bit of consistency with the offense. So yeah, kind of building that confidence back. And, you know, I like how you talk about saying how we were going to get back into it here. That there's actually a chance that we could, you know, maybe somehow put us into back into the conversation. Dare we say, you know, March madness, and, you know, it's not that bad looking ahead of us here. You got West Virginia. You're at West Virginia. It's not an easy place to go to. You're at Oklahoma. That's, a, you know, that's not necessarily an overly difficult time right now in Norman. Mm-hmm. And then you're hosting TCU, number 15. But obviously, you know, you're, you're knocking off Giants in the USA. Um, then you're off to Lawrence, probably an L. But, you know, the, maybe you can find some magic there. And then you're hosting Oklahoma State at the this new r- ruckusy USA wants more. I'm saying like if there's a t- if there's a schedule that allows you that offers you the chance to get back in the conversation, I think this is it. I think this is the opportunity to do that. Yeah, no. What I we don't have the worst schedule down the stretch. Mm. Um you're still you're 3 and 10 in conference. If you win those 5 games, which is the best case scenario here, you're 8 and 10 and you're probably in the NCAA tournament in my opinion. Um, going eight and ten in this league is, at, and especially down the stretch, you would have been gone seven and zero. So, I mean, that's a huge indication of you getting in the tournament. I don't think you're going to go five and zero. <laughs> um, there's going to be a game here that you drop. This team has been way too inconsistent for uh, us to believe we're going to go five and zero down the stretch. And but, it's the Big Twelve. Yeah, and it's the Big Twelve. Every game stinks. It's really hard to win in this league, as we. Very well seen this year. As we um, prove to the them horns in Texas, that's for sure. But if you could have two away games this year, you would want them to be West Virginia and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. two of the other worst teams in this conference. Um, you also play Oklahoma State at home, which is a very winnable game. Um, TCU could potentially be without Mike Miles. I don't know if he's back. He's their best player. And you do go to Kansas, and I don't know if anybody watched the game last night. 
Kevin McCullough got hurt. Um, he twisted his ankle. Who? I don't know how, you know, the worst Kevin as. He's oh, a- okay. Yes. Yeah. Worst Kevin. Um, he did get hurt. Uh, obviously hope he's all right. You know, we don't wish injuries on anybody, but, um, in Lawrence, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a tough one, but Kansas has shown some inconsistencies. So I don't know. Uh, there's potential here. There's potential. Your best shot is still winning the big 12 tournament and then getting that bid that way. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, it's, it's not the most far off thing to go four and one to end the year, the way we've been playing. No, not at all. And do you do you think we're still kind of in this? I know no fan base wants to even go here, but are we still kind of in that? Are we at least in the conversation for perhaps the NIT? At least some sort of postseason conversation uh, participation. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially if you go four and one, three and one, barely miss the NCAA tournament, and you know you'll get an NIT bid. But um, you know, how do you feel for, about that? What's what's it's hard to get behind it. I mean, it is a postseason berth, and you still want to win a tournament. You're still watching your team, which is cool, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not the NCAA tournament. No, and, of course not. And at what point, you know, we are as a program at Texas Tech, uh, the NIT is pretty unacceptable. Absolutely. 100%. Um, you know, so it would be a downer, but, you know, you still want to win a tournament. It's not mm-hmm. like you just blow it off, but right. those are kind of my thoughts. Hey, let's, but let's forget that now. Yeah. Eyes are on the prize. Eyes are on the prize. We're playing our best basketball we have all year. So that, those are the facts right now. Mm-hmm. Davion Harmon is playing great. Kevin O'Banner is playing awesome. You got Fardos back. Um, you know, Jalen Tyson has been stepping it up like crazy. Yep. You're finally getting a little bit of bench production. Um, you know, Demarion Williams is playing good defense. Um, you know, Kerwin's playing good defense. Elijah Fisher's finally showing a little bit more of what you want to see. Uh, Jennings, Lamar Washington was a huge reason you beat Kansas State. So, um, you know, you you finally got some guys that are stepping up in the right positions. And it was going to take some time for this team. You're still missing Pop. Yeah. Um, you know, you're still missing Bacho. So these are these are key pieces for you, even though I have some thoughts about Daniel Bacho. But we can get to that later. All right, man. Uh, I almost just don't even want to ramble on here. But, uh, yeah, dude, if there's ever a time for things to start coke becoming cohesive and coming together. This is your last shot to do it. So yeah. I'm glad it, it, it's kind of a better late than never scenario right now for us. Um, so I'm glad to see some, you know, fight in this, you know, there's always been fight, but I'm glad to see some real results actually yeah. happening. And as you kind of said, you're kind of like kind of voicing the general opinion of the tech tech fan base that, you know, NIT would be unacceptable and really not making the tournament right now is kind of pretty unacceptable in our eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of become spoiled or at least, uh, built that XP built that cult. I, you know what? I don't even want to say spoiled. I want to say like, we've built the culture to the point where we see ourselves as a team that can expect that every single year now. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that these guys are in the locker room thinking that they can still do it. They're playing like they think they still do it. So I hope they keep going on with that and do something crazy. And like you said, I think if we win these next five games then you are absolutely in that conversation once again. I think everyone's going to be talking about you again um, because that is a tough five to rattle off in the toughest con- conference in the country, and it's not even close. Like every mm-hmm. talking head seems to be agreeing with it at this point. Um, and obviously got got the Big 12 championship to bolster it up from there. Um, but, I mean, any other thought? I mean, we kind of just blew past the UT game. I mean, I know it is a little brother. You beat them. It's their Super Bowl. that You, you kind of blocked them from doing so. Um, but, uh, any, any thoughts on that game of the guy who, uh, shall not be spoken for, uh, couldn't even return to. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's kind of a, 
I, it's kind of a downer to think this way, but imagine if we had Fardos all year, a healthy Fardos AMAC, because he was a really, really key role down the stretch for us to win this game. He made two great passes to Kevin O'Banner. He blocked or he affected at least uh, that Brock Cunningham layup that he smoked. I thought Brock um, just sucked. Yeah, well, he's not very good. So, you know, I think that was on full display uh, on Monday night. But um, you're just getting a different level of confidence from this team. Davion Harmon had 21 points in the first half. I mean, his career high was 23. He he beat his career high this game with 25 points. He was obviously a huge factor in your win. KO down the stretch was fantastic. Um, But just having a big presence like Fardos, changes the game for you. He's obviously he's still not in the best of shape. Um he's still, you know, missing some assignments defensively. He's slow. We understand, but he affects the game offensively so much. He gives you that other weapon and he's such a good passer for a big man that it frees up guys like Kevin O'Banner to have a good night. So, um and like we mentioned earlier, you're getting some bench production, which is really really good to see. Lamar Washington in that Kansas State game was electric defensively. I mean, the guy was fantastic. He looked like he was a fifth-year senior out there against Kansas State. So, um, yeah, I think you're just getting a different player that's stepping up every night, which is what we needed with this team. Somebody different. You know, it's not always going to be O'Banner that's going to go for 17 or or 20 points. You know, it's going to have to be Tyson one night. It's going to have to be Fardos going for 12 and 9. It's going to be Davion Harmon, who's played out of his mind the last few games. So, um, you know... I'm thrilled with how we played against Texas. If we can, uh, the whole thing with this team has been consistency. If we can do this night in and night out, I mean, you're obviously a tournament team. Absolutely, man. And obviously, with the the, the Raider riot, you can feel the fans last night. It, mm-hmm. That's no, you don't even have to. It's not even needed to be stated. And I hope that we can pop out for the last two games that we get to host there in the USA for the season, um, and really show out, and make a difference. So, because we're gonna need it all we can get against the frogs. So. Uh, dude, I love it, man. And seriously, this is one of the that's uh, this is funny enough. This is one of the very last times that we may ever see the Longhorns in the USA. It's kind of weird to be talking about it that way and to be able to get that from underneath them um, again in Lubbock, like we did in football the last time they'll ever they'll come to Lubbock for a long time. We got that and just keep that kind of keep that trend going. And it's uh, hopefully we'll send them off the same way in baseball. What a segue. 2024. Texas and Oklahoma are bouncing for the SEC. It is confirmed. Uh, they worked out a deal with Fox and ESPN um, that UT and OU are officially going to leave in the summer of 2024. That means we get a one more football season. We get one more basketball season. Um, I'm not sure. I think one more, two more, baseball, more baseball seasons Wait. technically because we get oh, this yeah, season when's, when's it started? and yeah. then yeah. next season. Yeah. And then, uh, they will be in the SEC, and we will have our Big 12 back to 12. Yeah. Um, or. But, or potentially more. But let's talk about what's guaranteed right now. How do you feel about UT and OU leaving early? Dude, I'm really happy about it. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a really good thing for the Big 12 um, because it's really added some concrete – uh, footing underneath your feet, you know, because now you know what's happening. You know what's going to be happening going forward because for a while there, we were in this weird sort of limbo with uh, UT and OU. Like, when are they going to leave? Are they actually going to wait till 2025? Um, is there going to be a deal struck? Are we going to get screwed? Are they going to get screwed kind of thing? And um, not that I would have been upset about that, but, dude, I, I think this is good. I really do. I think this is overall a very positive thing for the Big 12, and it's nice to know that this is going to be the send-off season for them. 
Um, so that, that kind of had some drama to the season. It'll be a really weird Big 12 season overall. But, you know, part of me is like is really happy that the Big 12 can look forward to the future because we could talk about it later whenever we talk about the Pac-12 uh, situation. But the other part of me is obviously, you know, uh, it's it's great to give them the middle finger and say, I'm so tired of dealing with this with you. Um, mm. But at the same time, you know, like last night was a lot of fun. And yeah. it does suck to see that go away. I mean, I don't care. I don't care how fan, how, how uh, pri- prideful fans want to be about it. You know, like we don't need you. We don't we don't need you either kind of thing. But, you know, there just won't be another team on the schedule like Texas to us. Um, yeah. It's just not going to be that way um, that the goals of the season shift once they leave. I mean, I, I know I know we always we, we wanted to win the Big 12 and stuff, but beating UT is absolutely a big deal for any coach at, at Texas Tech. And that just won't be a factor anymore and they, for the fans as well. So a part of me is sad to see those moments go because some of the some of Texas Tech's biggest moments are whenever we make UT cry. And yeah. I just we don't have that. We won't have that opportunity anymore. And that bumps me out how this is the last time we can do it. But man, is it storybook for the, what's going to be set up for this season? How the last game on, in, in at least on the gridiron, UT is ever going to play with a Big 12 logo on their on their shirts against us. And yeah. it's going to just I'm, I'm probably going too long on this. And I want to hear your thoughts on it as well. But. It's really bittersweet, and I mean, I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I don't know if anything's going to match the level of energy that we bring as a fan base when UT comes to town, and that's not you know a, a shining star on UT. That's just the rivalry, and that mm-hmm. is what it is. It's fun to play your rival. It's fun to beat your rival. That's when you get the highest of high and the lowest of low when you lose or win against your rival. Um, you know. Whatever UT fans say on Twitter, uh, they're always going to say it. It, it, you know, they're entitled. They haven't accomplished anything, you know, to be to have the ego that they have as UT fans. But what we can take some solace in, we beat UT and OU in Lubbock for the foreseeable future. Yep, the last game ever in Lubbock, we beat both those teams, and we could not say that for you know the past ten plus years. I, you know. Our program is on such a good trajectory right now, football-wise, that it does not matter if UT or OU, we play them in 2025 or beyond. We're in a really good spot as a as a football team, and I think yeah. we need to recognize that. Whether we play UT or not, we're, on, we're in a really good spot at Texas Tech. So, um, you know, obviously, OU leading the conference, especially, is a weight off your shoulder. Um, you know, you're playing – you're having four teams that were happy – to welcome into the conference, but are, you know, obviously less of a challenge than Oklahoma. They're G5 teams. Um, they're, they're as of right BYU. now. Yeah. And uh, you know, but they're obviously not, cut above, but you know it, what I'm saying? It's not like they're going to be breezes, but no. it gives you a good chance to have these four versus an OU. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, I'm excited. I'm excited that we're finally out of their shadow. I'm excited that we can yes. finally make our own path because we've mm-hmm. just been living in the shadow of UT we're the big 12 Texas team now, uh, you know, us Baylor TCU and Houston, obviously, but you know, Texas tech is the big state school, right. Um, you know, of the, of the bunch. So I, I, I like that. I like, I mean, I like that you set up that way. Um, I, I think, I think where the hype shifts is it's just, doesn't just go from, Oh man, we got, we got a UT in October bank. We're going to pack the Jones. It's going to be great. Now the, the hype as a fan base is going to shift to, now that I would because of the culture shifting in football, we're going from okay. I don't know if this is a hot take, and I, I don't want to upset 
any tech tech loyal here, I hope that y'all agree with me on this, is we've embraced playing the spoiler for way too long. Like that's kind of been like our role is we're the spoiler, you know, we're the we're the ones that, yeah, we don't have the conference hopes, but we're going to make sure we beat a lot of teams and upset a lot of people. I I hope we see this shift go from that, which is a fun it's a fun role. Don't get me wrong. We shift from that to no, we're going to win this. We're going to be we're going to we're going to win every game we can. We're going to want to win a win a uh, big 12 title. And now with the expansion of the playoffs, we can have real playoff aims now. And yeah. We can be that highly ranked team that people want to beat rather than be the plucky team that wants to beat them. And I just I just think that we need to see that culture shift along with the success that we're experiencing in football and hopefully push it forward rather than just being like, oh, I can't wait. We I hope we upset UT and OU or whoever else is ranked in the Big 12 this year. You know, what I mean, yeah, no. And I think that culture shift with McGuire. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen it in interviews. Players in the past under Wells and under Kingsbury have thought, hey. You know, QTOU, we're kind of expecting to lose. If we don't lose, awesome. But if we do lose, it's kind of what it is. This is different. Mm -hmm. You know, to what Joey says, to what all the coaching staff says, what the players say, we should beat these teams. Yes. We should should compete for Big 12 championships. That should be the culture of what you have. And I think that's what you have with Joey McGuire. So, um, yes, football-wise, I think we are set up for future success. I think we're set up for future success in in a lot of sports, right? Right. So, yes, yes. I mean, basketball and baseball, we've already shipped it away from mm -hmm. what I was just describing in football. And all it took was experiencing that success and maintaining it. So as soon as we started doing that in football, like I think we're already off to a great start in doing so. Um, I think you'll start seeing that role shift change in the minds of the fans. So I, I, I I'm just saying, like I, I'm really happy about it. Like I, like we already said, in the Big Twelve is going to be uh, very financially bolstered because of this mm-hmm. deal. Brett Yormark did a fantastic job making sure the Big Twelve wasn't screwed coming out of this. So you, I don't know if y'all know how it works, but you, you know, you have foregone any uh, money coming in through the Big Twelve to their schools this season. Um, for the next couple seasons, and it's going towards the conference instead. So um, there's talk of what the Big 12 is going to decide to do with this money. Ultimately, is it going to go just flat out be spread out amongst the eight legacy schools, or are they going to try to do something else to enhance the conference? And that's kind of where where we'll talk about the pack in a bit with that. And uh, it's just, it's an interesting conversation. I think Fred Moore, but I think Fred Yormark has been an absolute G about all of this. I think he's been a home run hire and I really don't, he hasn't done a single thing wrong in my eyes yet. Yeah. And I, there's a huge difference from Brad Yormark and uh, <laughs> the last guy. Mm-hmm. Old Bulls yeah. Um, one guy is thinking ahead, thinking mm-hmm. to the future. And one guy was just thinking and trying to maintain what we got. Yeah. Um, this, what Yormark's done has been great. He's talking all different sorts of things. He's got a media deal locked down already. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, potential schools that are rumored to be joining the conference, whether it's just, you know, certain sports only or whether it's rating another certain league. So obviously nothing has come of that yet, um, but it's, it's rumored. It's mm-hmm. in the works. It's talks. There's something there for smoke us to there. grasp on. There's smoke and where there's smoke, there's fire. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited for the conference because we're trending upwards. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you're seeing the Pac-12 trending very downwards right now in the news. And yeah. 
I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. No, I absolutely do. Um, just one more step. Well, I just want to uh, step on Brett real quick. Sure. Um, because I like that you you brought up Bob Bowlesby, and I wasn't necessarily a Bob Bowlesby hater. Um, in the sense that I just think he got blindsided. I think uh, a lot of people, these com- these commissioners, just don't know what's going on when that happens. They do like this is like covert black ops operations. I think whatever what they do at UTNO, you did. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, and I'm I'm not just letting him off the hook, but. I'm glad we went and got a guy that is so separated from the college world that he just came in thinking about thinking this all differently. Like he came in with a vision, like a real vision. That's probably what, that's probably why you want his interview. He was like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. This is the business plan. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Bob Bowlesby and the vast majorities of any commissioners I've ever been a, the commissioner of any conference is it's a good old boys club. And that's how I always hear it described. Oh, it's just this guy that worked his way through the college bureaucracy. It's just this circle of, you know, guys that have been in it long enough and it's their turn sort of idea. It's kind of pol- it's kind of political. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of politics works that way, unfortunately. And just to go out and get this guy that had nothing to do with any institution in the Big 12 or any, or any college in general, I think that's where we won. I think we got a guy that understands how to sell a brand. And that's yeah. what the Big 12 has always had an issue with. We have struggled so hard with branding that it's just now making a U-turn, and it's been because it's under his watch. Yeah. Yeah, so. no, I think I think what you said is correct. I What Brett Yormark does is, and how you be successful in any business, not just college sports, any business, is you try to be progressive. You try to look ahead. You try to see how you can improve. What Bullsby didn't do is that. Mm-hmm. He was... He was very comfortable with where we were at. He was fine with what we had in the Big 12 with Texas and OU being the big money makers. We're fine with that. He never looked to improve the conference in a way. What Sankey has done a good job of in the SEC, what Warren did a good job in the Big in the Big Ten is they look to improve the conference. They look to take over college sports. And unfortunately that is what it is. Would we like it better if it was back in 2005 and everybody was, you know, in those conferences? Yeah, we would all like it. I think we've all agreed that the fans would like it if we were back to that, but also there's a reason it's not that way. And it's because two guys were looking ahead and trying to improve what they had and the other three were not. And so, you know, we have a guy who's looking ahead and trying to improve what we have. We have a guy that's being pro, like you said, where you have a guy being proactive, not reactive. Uh, yeah. The history of the Big 12 has been nothing but reactions. And yeah. we're finally being proactive. We're kind of doing like a counterattack. You know, whenever uh, whenever UT and OU bailed, Brett, you know, and we, we went ahead and added these four, the easily the four best uh, free agent schools without question. And obviously, you know, people are still going to sit there and laugh at us saying like, oh, they had to add G5 teams to survive. But that's we're starting to kind of turn that U-turn that these obviously these are the four best choices. And it's starting to hurt other uh, conferences mm-hmm. that are losing teams as well. And whenever we're talking about that, obviously talk about the Pac-12. So we can go ahead and start talk about the, talking about the Pac-12. Um, I think this is probably indirectly Brett Yormark's best thing he's done so far is he outmaneuvered the the Pac-12. I know I'm kind of sound like I'm sound like a whole bunch of writers out there uh, that have been giving props to him, but it's absolutely true. The biggest thing mm-hmm. being said not only all not only did we add the four best options outside of the power five um he we he went ahead and built a ceiling yep. in the media rights for the pac 12 he artificially set the maximum for the pac 12 
And I can't imagine how infuriating that must be for uh, Kliakov because, you know, he was telling his schools they're going to be making way more than that, like yeah. at least $10 million more than that. And after Brett Yormark uh, pinned in that deal with uh, with traditional sports powers and ESPN and Fox, you know, those are your, those are the vast majority of where games are going to be no matter what, uh, no matter what con- conference you are in, if you're obviously programmed by them. Um, he set the price limit. And so now the best they can do is match that. But the odds are there's no need to anymore. So uh, it, it seems that the, the ESPN and Fox have kind of made their college football portfolio and they're set in stone and happy about it. And so if it's either going to be at this point in time with the Pac-12 now that CBS, officially CBS and uh, Warner uh, Turner sure. Warner is out. Um, it appears their only option is to t- probably take what is likely a low ball deal from Fox. Oh, Fox is apparently out as well. Sorry. Yeah. Low ball deal from ESPN or go to becoming a street or become a streaming experiment. And neither seems ideal for your legacy pack teams. It really doesn't. And especially when you talk about how Kaliakov was apparently making not-so-secret visits to SMU and uh, South Dakota State, that once again reiterates that the Big 12 took the best there was, the, mm-hmm. the options there. So I know I, I kind of I went long there, so I want to you, let you get your thoughts in so before we continue. No, I think you're right. From everything that's been said, Fox is out on a Pac-12 deal. Turner and CBS are out on a Pac-12 deal. Uh, Amazon, I don't think, wants a, a lot of rights to this. I think they just want something minimal. Um, so that leaves ESPN and from what Bob Iger has just said, who has recently retaken the reins over at Disney, he doesn't, he wants to start making cutbacks on certain things, you know, because Disney's lost a lot of money lately and you know, that's not good for what the back 12 wants to do right now. And we locked something down before that happened and to your streaming point. Now I did, this is a bigger conversation obviously than just college sports, but if you've noticed, I have HBO Max, I have um, uh, I have Hulu, I, you know, I have Netflix, but specifically with HBO Max and I even have Peacock. I got Peacock for some strange reason. Wow. I think I wanted to watch The Office for something. And it was like $5.99. So I was like, OK, Steven, I know, I know, I know I'm a sucker. <laughs> Peacock and HBO Max recently have instituted ads into their system. They didn't have that before. There's a reason for that. It's because they're losing money. Streaming is losing money in a huge way. And Disney realizes that. They're throwing so much money into Disney Plus right now and are losing so much money from that. If you're going into the streaming services right now, if you're the Pac-12, you are in a really bad position because streaming is not going to be what it is in a year. It just isn't. And so the Pac-12 is in a really bad spot. And what does that mean for the Pac-12 teams? They have to put out a statement that yes. says, hey, we're aligned. They're Don't consummating worry. their marriage. Everything is not as bad as it seems. So that's why I'm putting out this statement. That is bad. Yes. That is re- a really bad look for the Pac-12 right now. And so, even worse, they use the word consummate. Yeah. And what the Big 12 has a chance to do right now is take a conference that is in absolute shambles right now and rate it and better yourself mm-hmm. and it's a it's a war right now between college sports conferences but it's what you got to do and if anybody is going to raid the pac-12 it's going to be brett Yormark. yes i like that i like that you kind of went into streaming there that was a really good point 
Um, I mean, not, you and I are obviously aren't economic experts, mm-hmm. but something that's kind of been seen whenever there's about to be a bit of a, you know, an economic downturn, tech usually goes first. Yep. And what's what's streaming connected to? And that's tech. And it's just not a great time to be involved with any of that right now. And yeah. especially with the, the economy in, on the rocks in general, it's just it's not a, it's not a great time to be throwing in your future on a risk like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing about being on ESPN and Fox, um, one, obviously, you're on the you're on the workhorses. You're on the name in sports. But two, those both of those networks have streaming arms. Like the the ESPN now on the on ESPN Plus. I mean, on Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus. I love it. It's great, yep. and I, I I'm paying ESPN a little more to watch more of my own team, and now I'll be able to watch them on ESPN Cable as well. So mm-hmm. it's 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 more of an extension. It's more of a bonus rather than the whole damn thing. So it's it's just it's it sucks for Pack fans right now. I get it, but it's great for Big Twelve fans to know that we the Big Twelve is mostly responsible for the downfall of the Pac-12 right now. Um, yes, the Big Ten obviously threw in their, their the, the death blow into them, but they weren't able to react and save themselves because of the Big 12. But at the same time, the, the Pac-12 wasn't able to react and save themselves because of hubris not that long ago. They thought they were way too good for, the, for, for middle America. They could have killed the Big 12. They could have had Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and anyone else they could have could have get could have wanted to get into the Central Time Zone and into this fertile fan and uh, recruit land. But no, they they were too good for us, and yeah. it's just it's truly a reaping what you sow scenario. So you don't feel that bad about the administration of that conference. Yeah, yeah, and obviously a lot's going to change. Kevin Warren uh, leaving the Big Ten. Uh, commissioner role he's going to go to the Chicago Bears depending on who Crazy. takes that job um you know is going to depend on the futures of Oregon the futures of Washington those other top priority schools right now and obviously it's like a blow for blow situation so if the SEC goes and tries to get Clemson the Big 10 has to react and try to get Washington and Oregon then that leaves the Pac-12 in even more shambles for the Big 12 to potentially raid the four corner schools like we want to do so there's a lot at play here. There's a lot at risk. I'm not going to act like I know what's going to happen next because I don't think anybody does. But if anybody I'm going to trust in to for the future of this conference, it's Brett Yormark right now. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I, I understand why you'd bring up the ACC schools because obviously the football-oriented schools are probably getting antsy that they're in a basketball conference. you know. Yeah. Um, and that's been the case before as well. Mm-hmm. Um but the thing about that is they're locked. They're apparently locked into a media contract until it's 2025. Bad. Yeah. And it's not a good one, like payout wise. No. But are they kind of geniuses for locking in the conference future no. for at least a decade or no? No. No, especially. Well, like you're a genius if you're Boston College, you know. Yeah, exactly. But you're not yeah. you're not a genius if you're Clemson well, because now you're stuck in it. Yeah. You know, and it's like with all this conference realignment, you know, Clemson, Florida State would have bounced. Yes. You know if they had the if they had the right or if they had the availability to bounce to the SEC or Big Ten, they would have done it. So Same I mean it's a given tech. Yeah, it's yeah, Miami would have been, you know, they're a hot name. So um I don't know what it's gonna take. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm an expert in those contract negotiations and when they can leave and everything of that nature, but it it's definitely a tough situation right now. 
if you are a Clemson or a Miami because you would bounce with all yeah. this stuff going on. And what the Pac-12 has done is they have not locked down a media contract and these schools are available. Mm-hmm. And they eventually, after they see more of this conference being inept and not being able to lock down a media rights deal or getting something terrible with the streaming service or Amazon or something of that nature, you know, they're going to want something more reliable and something to survive in college sports. And the Big 12 is a survival ground right now. Oh, yeah. Like the Big 12 is a really good position to be in. You are clearly third, but Mm -hmm. you are a, a third. Right. At least you're placing, you know, at this yeah. point, at least you're placing. And the, yeah. the whole idea is, you know, most of us don't have a shot to get into the Big Ten or SEC in this in, in the current landscape. Um, uh, but you can go to the you can go to the Big 12. You know, that's that's the thing about the Pac-12 right now. And it just kind of makes me wonder if if their future is who their future is tied to. Like, I, I, I wonder if it's a cohesive like unified movement to try to make it work or if it's just everyone's watching a certain pair of programs and seeing what they're going to do first. Like I, I, that's absolutely what it is. They're looking to see what Washington and Oregon are going to do. What about, what about like State, Stanford and Cal? And Stanford and Cal might be, I, I don't know the whole situation with USC and UCLA. They might, if the PAC 12 absolutely disperses, you might see Stanford and Cal get grandfathered into the big 10. Uh, I don't know if that's a thing they have with USC and UCLA going on, but right now it's kind of an eat or be eaten situation. Mm -hmm. And for me and for, I think the big 12, you have to be the eaters right now. And you got to get some, you got to get some big time programs in here. Now, do I think you're going to get Oregon and Washington? Probably not, but you're, you have a chance to get Arizona, Arizona state, Utah, and Colorado. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Right, yeah, now. especially gigantic. With, yep. Yeah, especially with the upswing of some of these schools. So, mm. um, you know, I think it's kind of a it's not really a wait and see situation for the Big 12. You have to go all in. And right now, I mean, he's doing some good things, trying to get some basketball powerhouses to officially make yourself as the Big 12, the basketball conference. Even if UT and OU leave, you still you're gonna have Houston, you're gonna have Texas Tech, you're gonna have Baylor, you're gonna have you know all these Kansas. schools, Kansas, In Kansas, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're the you're the premier basketball conference. How do you feel about potentially adding Gonzaga and maybe another basketball only school? Have we not talked about this? I don't think so. Wow, wow. You know, uh, okay, so yeah, that kind of puts a bow on the on the pack there. But yeah, I'll, we'll get there. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my thoughts on Gonzaga once we wrap the bow on it. Sure. I would love to have the four corner schools in the Big 12. And yeah. I think they'd be a pretty good cultural fit as well. And mm-hmm. I think having Utah BYU as a conference game would rule. It I would think rule. the Holy War as a Big 12 game is awesome. Same with the war, uh, the battle in the desert and mm-hmm. bringing Colorado back to familiar old conference mates that they've had before and a lot of history with. So I would love that so much. I, and I, I hope they get nervous enough to just actually do something crazy and do it. Um, yeah. I really hope that this Pac-12 deal sucks ass. Just so I can selfishly have these teams in the in the conference, I really do. So um, yeah. it's about time that we were the freaking poachers and not the poached. So it's just we've had this unfair uh, disadvantages of a being associated with schools like UT and mm-hmm. B being in the middle of America, so anybody can look at us. So um, yeah, let's get to Gonzaga real quick, um, dude. I'm I'm kind of down with it. I know a lot of people have some like righteous, like no, like I'm not righteous is the wrong word. Valid reasons to be against uh, adding a member like that, but I am so for it. 
Why not bring them in as a bass, uh, a men's and women's and uh, men's, women's and basketball team and probably baseball as well. I think they have a solid baseball yep. program too. So why not? Why not? You know, especially if they get a junior affiliation deal, we do it for so many non money making sports. Why not do it for the money for a money making sport for a, a program that is clearly the best free agent that uh, out there for the for for basketball? Yeah, the problem I see is you need to add two. You can't just add Gonzaga. Why not? Why? Why? why uh, I why, mean, why? you can. What's the problem with that? But like, what? Uh, so what? Your your thirteen teams? Yeah, with why one not? being just a basketball only. I feel like you could add two basketball. You could add a Creighton. You could add a Villanova. You could add. I don't do, know. Somebody do those, else. Do those have the same sort of draws as Gonzaga? I mean, Hell maybe. Yeah. You think Creighton does? I, like I, think I, they I do. can see a Creighton doing that. But would Creighton leave the Big East to join the Big 12? If you could get Gonzaga to join the Big 12, you can get Creighton to join the yeah, Big 12. Yeah, you could. Creighton, Creighton would probably jump on it because, I mean, you get you drive down the road to Kansas, you know, yeah. in, in Kansas State and stuff like that, right? So, no, I mean, I, I'm de- I just don't want to get crazy with it, though. Like, I'm down with it. I see I see where you're going with this. Um, I don't want you to be scared of an odd number, though. We're about to enter a time when we're not going to be doing divisions. The Big 12 will but, not be doing divisions. Yeah, but also you got to think about logistically. Now Gonzaga is going to be the only West Coast team in the Big 12, and they are going to have to go hopefully a not. long ways. Hopefully not. It could be some, <laughs> some four-corner schools, or you could even potentially look at adding like a St. Mary's or something for basketball only. I don't know. Maybe give them somebody to come with. I, I Like, I don't know. Uh, Creighton's not too far from everybody, but you're getting a school that's way out there. Like BYU is pretty out there, but Gonzaga's way out there. Yeah, no, they are. But at the same time, if you're adding them as just that sport, you know, just a handful of sports, it's not really a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, true. Some people have pointed out that you know, a you don't want a Big East issue. I don't think that'd be the case. Um, and two, what happens when their head coach leaves? You know, because apparently he's been the the story. Of, I don't know enough about yeah, Gonzaga's no, basketball yeah, Mark, history, yeah. but apparently Mark, he's, he's been, been the, the guy that like that's done this to them. And well, it's you not worry. Like they, it's not like they weren't good before Mark Few, but yeah, he's definitely been there forever. And but <laughs> imagine a conference, a basketball league with Gonzaga, Houston, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech. I mean, that's stupid. That yeah. is the that is as and as Cincinnati. far away. It's, well, Cincinnati's decent, but like a power of the. But apparently, Cincinnati's like one of the greatest historical. They've made a couple final fours. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, but like win win count and everything. I think they oh, won a yeah. couple national championships. Yeah, but like you're having that is far and away the best basketball mm. conference. It is insane. So I'm all for Gonzaga if we're just adding them for basketball. Yeah, I, I'm with it too, and especially and like I said, I think I think it's a, a solid ba- baseball program as well. So, because yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna need to get kind of. Hopefully, I hope the baseball pedigree stays together. I don't know enough about the. They have a the decent new, ba- baseball program. I, I don't know enough about the new four coming in in their baseball. You know, because hey, tech fans, baseball starts soon. I love baseball time at Tech Tech. It's such a oh, great yeah. thing to throw on a weeknight. Um, uh, I I I don't know how great their programs are, and. It kind of you know with UT going, that's a bit of a blow. They're really great at baseball. Um, sure. So I, I, but Oklahoma I baseball, didn't Oklahoma make the final? They did. You know, baseball, baseball, <laughs> Oklahoma does yeah. have a solid baseball program as well. But Oklahoma State's actually the darling in the state when it comes to baseball. Oh sure, sure. Overall, um, but um, at, at the same time, I think baseball is one of those sports where you don't really need 
uh, a phenomenal conference to be a true winner. Because whenever you look at some of the national champions when it comes to baseball, you know, you're looking at like some of these random California schools that are nothing conferences and such. So it doesn't worry me too much. But obviously, I want to see us play good teams. And I think because I think Tip Tadlock has made a team that's his team. It's not like a Big 12 team. So I, I just want to see some good teams there. Slight, that was just a slight detour on that Gonzaga topic. So I, I, I that'd be that'd be cool too. Well, we could end the I don't know. Do you have anything else on expansion? Big 12, Pac 12, Brett Yormark, what you got? Look, it's always fun to talk about it, especially now that uh the Big 12 may be in a driver's seat. We may have the upper hand here. And to have Coach Prime and his Colorado buffs back in the Big 12, I think it'd be pretty Coach damn Prime. fun. So a trip to Boulder and then a trip to Tempe and yes. to all, that would be so I after spending five days in Arizona, that state rules. Yeah. It is so much fun. Like, yeah, obviously it's dry and it's hot and you get sunburned real easily, but it is a fun time. Dude. And I really think it'd be a great cultural fit. I feel like a, Arizona State would have more fun in a Big 12 than the Pac-12. I really yeah. do. I, I just think that because I here in the heartland and in the south and all that, we just care a little more about college sports than mm-hmm. they do in those r- truly professional markets like the West coast. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. Let's move on. Speaking of Gonzaga and baseball, Texas tech baseball opens their season against Gonzaga. No uh, way. Are you yeah, kidding it me? Is, yeah. Yeah. It's a three game series. They're going to make an announcement. Um, it is. It, it's so I think coach Tadlock had a, interview today uh kind of opening up the year and you know saying who's who and everything he announced a friday starter for the pitching staff or for the pitching squad kyle robinson's going to start your friday night games mason molina who started uh, a good amount last year is going to be your saturday starter and then bo blessy who has the most baseball pitcher name of all time is going to be your closer on sunday not your closer but your closing starting pitcher on sundays um how are you feeling about baseball? We're not going to really have kind of a preview and in-depth look because we're not really baseball guys, but we do love watching Texas Tech baseball. How are you feeling about this year's team? You can never count out a Tadlock team. I mean, are we coming into the season ranked? I, mean, I feel like we always are. So There's so many different like ranking systems for baseball. Yes, I'm pretty and, sure we're ranked in most of them. And from what I've read so far, uh, people feel a lot more confident about our pitching situation. And that was, that's been an issue for the past couple of years. A lot of it due to injury more than anything. Yeah. So I, I hope to see, you know, healthy bullpen. Um, and I just got to say with, well, you, you brought up this young man. Was it Blissey? Blessy. Blessy. Can I just say that Texas tech, there's no better school in the world than who recruits better names than, than Texas tech university. Yeah. You know, we always have the best names, no matter the sport. Um, but dude, I, I, like I said, it's just with Tadlock, you know, you're going to get a good season, no matter what, it'll always be Mm -hmm. good. And, but just now, obviously the expectation is, are you going to make it to Omaha? And it's always funny when you're talking about like the expectations when it comes to baseball, because Omaha is the elite eight. You know, you're talking about making it to the to the last run in March Madness. Whenever you talk about our baseball expectations, so will we get there? I hope so. Um, but obviously, we gotta watch the season un- un- unwind from here and see where it goes. And I'm just I'm just really glad because there's really no sport to kick back and especially whenever you're alive and, and drinking a beer watching. So I hope Tadlock's got the boys on the diamond ready to go because I know he does. What about yeah. what about you? What, what what are your thoughts whenever the yeah. uh, first look at it? 
you got some fun returners. You got Dylan Carter coming back. You got Hudson White, who was fantastic. He's a preseason All Big Twelve player. Ty Coleman, who has been a staple for this team the last few years, he's coming back. Um, Mason Molina, obviously. Owen Washburn, who was a, kind of a star freshman last year. Um, and you got a, you got some pitchers now. Do I have the most confidence in the pitching core after watching last year? I need to see it to believe it. And could it happen? Absolutely. Uh, Coach Tadlock said he has about six guys that could have started this first weekend for Texas Tech. So that's always Love good news. That. Yeah. Um, but you know, you got some you got some inexperience here. You got guys coming into their second year, their first year, that type of stuff. But I think for this baseball team to do what they've been doing, you need to have some younger guys step up, which could absolutely happen. But I, you know, you don't have Jace Young anymore. Let's you say this Josh is a Young. youngless year. You know, this is a youngless year. This is your first year without a young, and it hurts to not see that last name on the back of the jersey. Sure does. But you have some guys that can absolutely step up into that role. Hudson White is absolutely a guy to watch this year. Um, I think Owen Washburn is kind of going under the radar. He had some moments last year where you were like, oh, my God, this is going to be the next guy. And so um, having him, having Hudson White, having Dylan Carter, who's a guy who can blast it. Um, Ty Coleman, obviously very consistent at the plate. He's always going to get on base. And you have a pitching staff who I think is pretty deep when you look at it. There's some names here that could absolutely, um, you know, lead to a, a very consistent bunch. So um, it's just really the fact of just seeing it um, mm. before I say, absolutely, I'm fired up about this team. Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of how baseball goes, man. Like, you can you can have the best team on paper, and shoot, it just doesn't translate onto the diamond. Like, obviously, you can say that about any sport, but baseball is just such a, a weird game in that sense. Yeah. Like, you can have a loaded roster, but this team of nobodies can still put it together where they're just, mm-hmm. just better, you know? That's yep. why there's so many wins and uh, so many different wins and losses ratios in this in this sport. So, I mean, I'm excited, man. I love when baseball season rolls around. It's just it's it obviously it's an indicator that all this cold weather is going away, and mm-hmm. America's pastime is about to hit the diamond. We could go drink some cold beer at the minor league park and watch Texas Tech on the diamond, dude. I'm really excited about it. Me too. You still have Tim Tadlock, and you still got J Bob. Okay, so you're in it. You're in. You're in. You're in, it with you are in the Big Twelve champion conversation. Absolutely. And you are in the talk of the greatest show on dirt. It's going to be fun. Baseball season, always a good time. Um, softball starting three and two, brand new coaching staff. Um, you know, you got, you got hopefully a new kind of set of program going mm-hmm. um, under coach Craig Snyder. And uh, they're yeah, three and two to start off. I think we already had a no, no this year. So that's awesome. Um, but, you know, keep supporting the ladies over there on the softball field. Uh, keep supporting the women's basketball team and Coach Gerlich. They've hit kind of a, a, a spurt here, but, you know, Big 12 plays tough, and uh, hopefully they can rail off a couple wins here to potentially make the tournament. If not, you know, do something in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, two things about these lady programs here. A, I really like the energy that this new softball program has. Like, yeah. I really like the hire. I like their presence on social media. I, that's I feel like that's so underrated now. I mean, it's in social media isn't new anymore. It's not. No. And I just appreciate a coach that tries to engage the fans on social media and tries to get them involved with it and all that. Cause I've been way more invested in the softball program than I think I've ever been as a Texas mm-hmm. tech fan, simply just because of his presence on online. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously Krista Gerlich's a queen and she's got this program on the right path. Yeah. Um, we are making huge progress here, like big steps going forward here. Cause 
Tech 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 women's basketball was down bad. And to see us actually starting to be a threat in a Mm -hmm. tough conference again is great. I really think that we need to obviously throw all of our support behind her and keep it and just commit to this and keep this going. Um, so I, I, I'm overall, I'm satisfied with, uh, with the women's programs right now. And, and obviously year one, we haven't even come close to entering conference play in softball. So we have a lot to see before we get going on that. Yeah. You're on the upswing. You have some really, really good freshmen. Bailey Maupin is a star. She's she's somebody who I can see going down as one of the best Texas Tech women's basketball players mm-hmm. ever. So for her to be as good as she is, we this got early, some we got some good uh, names in that list too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you got literally uh, the goat. Yeah, somebody you know named Cheryl Swoops. She was pretty good <laughs> back in the day. Uh, super excited for the women's programs. I think they're both on the upswing uh, volleyball as well. Uh, but we'll see that come fall. Um, mm-hmm. But man. Good time. Good time to be a Red Raider. A lot of good stuff. Zach good Thomas week. in the Hall of Fame. Yes. He finally made it. Good for finally. him. Patrick Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl champion. Good times. I mean, uh, Dude, I saw something kind of crazy as we're winding down the episode here. Let's just kind of talk about bull crap here. Um, sure. Patrick Mahomes apparently is the very first Big 12 quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. He's the first Big 12 quarterback to win a playoff game. That is unbelievable. That is the First big, to, he was the first Big Twelve quarterback to win a playoff game back in whenever his second year in the NFL in, in so, a league. I'm sorry, yeah, no, that's I mean that's it. That's nuts in a league that has lived and died by the quarterback for at least 15 years. You know that is unbelievable. The amount of Heisman's that have come out of this league for quarterback. You know, and it's I'm not even just talking about the you know the, the, the typical UT and OUs. We're talking about like Robert Griffin and all that. Like it's a yeah. lot of dudes. No, you you're know? seeing you're seeing a real upswing with the Big Twelve in the pros, which is yes. huge for the state of the conference that we are in right now. We needed mm-hmm. this. We like needed a Patrick Mahomes. We needed a Jalen Hurts. We needed a Brock Purdy. You had three guys in the Final Four teams of the NFL uh, playoffs this year that were from the Big Twelve. And now you can argue Jalen Hurts, Alabama, OU, whatever. He was in the Big 12, as was Patrick Mahomes, as was Brock Purdy. So you really have a good setup right now. Jordan Brooks is killing it right now in the the NFL. I mean, obviously, you know, torn ACL, hope he gets back to 100%. Tyree Wilson is going to be a top 10 pick in this year's NFL draft. Mm -hmm. I mean, Texas Tech is is trending very much upwards right now. We're going up. Dude, we're going up, man. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's 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 awesome to see because I, I think it's totally put to bed this whole. I haven't seen it in forever, actually. This I remember the, a, a time there was a time, and it throw it gets to the retro Big Twelve where the words "system quarterback" were used, nope. and I, I think that is dead. I think that term is totally dead. I, I really just don't see it like anywhere anymore. And I think this this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes just, if that was the case, just blew a bazooka hole through yeah. whatever the hell that statement was. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> if you do, if you doubt Patrick Mahomes at this point, I don't know what to tell you, man. So, <laughs> were you wearing a, were you wearing the jersey in, in Arizona? Absolutely. Well, we were you. on we were on event day. We were at the players' tailgate, and I had to represent Stella Artois, and I'm I'm sporting the Patty Mahomes jersey because I had to. 
Yes, of course. Uh, Eagles fans be damned. I mean, and yeah. most Texans will be like, yeah, Eagles fans. Be damned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there was a ton, uh, definitely majority Eagles fans there. Really? I will say, yeah. Uh, they the they probably fans, have a much larger fan base. They, they probably they show out. They show out. And I mean, Kansas City, well, it's not like Philadelphia hasn't been there before. They won one in 18. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, definitely more Eagles fans than Chiefs fans there. Um all right, last last bit. What'd you think of the halftime show? I I, I mean, I, I was at a party. Uh, I was like at a coworker party. So you can, it was it was fine. I mean, like I don't really have a strong opinions about the halftime shows. Honestly, Kristen Kristen was very upset. With Why the halftime show? She just she wanted more. She wanted more from Rihanna. She was pregnant. And- I know, I know, but if you're pregnant, why are you agreeing to the halftime show? That's kind of the <laughs> whole deal. I actually love the halftime show. I why? really do. I don't know. I just enjoy it when there's when there's big name artists and then no, you get yeah, these, no, like, I enjoy it. I mean, yeah. it's just, but I, I'm just saying, I don't. I'm like, I'm not like, oh, that sucked. Well, that was awesome. Like, no, I, see, when you if uh, I had like, the when, choice, it'd be like instead of Chris Stapleton doing the national anthem, you would have been doing the halftime show. Well, you know, yeah, but he's but Chris Stapleton's not going to put on the fireworks show, you know, like crazy. Right. So there's uh, like last year's halftime show was unbelievable. You get those five guys like Snoop and Dr. Dre and Kendrick and Eminem, like that was hard to beat, but. I wanted more from Rihanna because she's coming back. Like this is her, like she hasn't made music in a while. She's done a bunch of other things, but I was wanting a little bit more. Obviously she's really? pregnant. She can't do all the moves and everything. I wanted some guests. I wanted some like special yeah, there was no stuff. There yeah. wasn't any guests. I wanted a guest. And it, it was funny. Like I asked my students who are, uh, you know, 15 and 16. I was like, is Riri, is Riri still big with y'all? And no, only one girl raised her hand. She was like, Oh, really? she's to me. <laughs> but really yeah but everyone else was like who are you talking about basically she was huge when you get in like our age range you get like oh, the yeah. 25 to 35 or something Late like term millennials rihanna yeah. goes hard yeah. like i forget how many hits she has until that halftime show and you're like oh shit okay yeah yeah no i i remember that one but no i i thought it was i thought it was mid very mid as the kids <laughs> say well the game was not so no, game ruled Patty Mahomes. All right. Speaking of halftime shows and songs, we're going to end it off right here with the song of the week. Tristan, what you got? We're going to this like perfectly an hour, man. Um, all right. So, dude, I'm going to now that we're back, back, te- talking text back and my boy's getting married next week. So maybe it's hey. not quite back. We might be busy. <laughs> we- <laughs> so maybe we'll have another an episode back, next back, week. Back ep- episode. We're um, going to be back eventually. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of career changes between the two of you, you and me. We both got married in this academic year. Um, so, but this one is going to be harkering back to the early stages of the, the, the podcast when we were, when we were basically read a script and didn't okay. know what we were doing. We still don't, we're still stupid, <laughs> but at least we're doing it more naturally. So what sure. I'm doing on this is uh, I'm going to go with Rob Baird, a guy you're okay. very familiar with. And, Crazy enough, this guy has done a really fun project lately, and he this this he's originally from Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee is a wonderful town full of music and great food. I love that place; it's a great place. Um, he's from Memphis, and he did a he, he recorded a record there and infl- and and mixed in the Memphis sound. And for whenever, anyone that doesn't really know what that means, that means blues. That means a little blues rock country uh, sound to it. So he redid all of his a lot of his uh, popular old songs into it, including. The song you originally did for the very first uh, song of the week, Mercy Me, uh, is on this album. Hey. I'm not going to go with that one, though. 
Uh, oh. But I'm, it is on this album. I'm going to go with Dreams and Gasoline. His Great. One of his probably more breakout songs, if you can call him breaking out at all. Um, I love that song. The original version is very good. But this is Dreams and Gasoline Memphis Sessions version is awesome. Usually, it's, like it's like a rock and roll twist on it. And it's fantastic. Dreams and Gasoline Memphis Sessions. Rob Baird, a great choice. He's fantastic. You introduced me to him. I think I think it was when you were living in North Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome pick. Uh, Rob Baird rules. If y'all don't know who he is, he's fantastic. Go. I'm, I'm excited to get a little Memphis twist on it. You know, I love the blues. Anything that gets yes. a little jazzy, I, I a little I. bluesy, I am there mm-hmm. for it. So I'm excited Absolutely. to hear this one. Um, my song of the week is kind of fitting the theme a little bit what we're what you're doing a little bit um my song of the week so i'm going back to san antonio i am getting married here in the next week and a half i'm extremely excited going back to san Thanks antonio uh yeah <laughs> yeah you'll be there unfortunately uh <laughs> but no um i i'm feeling a little homesick back in san antonio uh my song of the week is homesick by marcus king band fantastic jam Really, really bluesy, really jazzy. It is a bop, absolute bop. If you have not heard it, go listen to it right now. That's Homesick Marcus King Band. I know you were raving about this band when you saw them live before. Yeah, they they opened up in Stapleton. They opened up in Stapleton. I saw them in Biloxi. They were fantastic. Have you featured them on this podcast yet? I have. I have. I did their song. uh, I did Rita is Gone. That's another banger by them. That was my first one by them, but this is my second one. They're fantastic. And Marcus King does his own solo stuff, but when he's with his band, he definitely brings up the jazz, brings up the blues a little bit, and it's really, really good live. All right, man. I like that we actually had a theme for once rather than yeah. me doing this like really twangy country and you going like full blown hip hop. <laughs> I got to switch it up a little bit because you do yeah. country every time. But I know so I know I got to I got to switch it up. But no, this I is don't have be the any same. good recommendations. Otherwise, these are going to be the same vibes. So uh, for people that like country bluesy, you know, some a little bit of rocky vibes, you'll like these. By the way, the playlist has been updated. Yes, finally. It will do it tonight. After many long years. So now we have to. The playlist is updated on both Spotify and Apple Music. It's great. Fantastic. (laughs) We're up to date. We haven't done anything wrong. What are you talking about? All right, brother. Take us home. All right. All right. We'll take you home. You can follow both me and Tristan on Twitter. Tristan is at Tristy Mick. I'm at L underscore S underscore Rodriguez. Follow the pod on Twitter at Talking Tech Pod. Um, if you can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, we are on every platform you could ever imagine. Uh, leave us a review. We love reading those. Um, we love all of you. Thank you for listening and always Reckon Tech. Reckon Tech. Uh, wow. First of all, uh, got a lot of respect for Stephen and Tristan. Uh, their program, tough guys, 
just a lot of fun. I love the game of basketball, but also love West Texas. And I love... Stephen and Tristan. I'm extremely proud. Well, I don't know where we go from here. I'm, I think I'm just going to sit back down. It's just not getting better than this. I would like to thank... Uh, Stephen and Tristan. This is incredible. These guys have a passion and a love for this school. Right!